podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back. It is Grant and Scott. And what's wild is this, I guess, is officially the last show of the sports season. Uh, We're definitely going to have some basketball stuff. We're going to have some uh, sports stuff and uh, all that type of stuff. But, you know, another uh, season for Casey Athletics and the big two sports has come to an end. Um, you know, we're actually coming up on our three-year anniversary. We'll have a Q&A and three-year anniversary show at the end of the month. But, uh, you know, another 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 season is in the books. Grant, can you believe that this is, uh, you know, our third full basketball season that we've covered? It's wild. Two of them have been miserable, too. I wish that wasn't the case, but – uh, yeah, now we have to start the worst part, um, the off-season blues. It's really sad, but um, we kind of went out with somewhat of a bang. At least we, we tried. We did, we did, and, and we'll do some fun stuff this off-season. There's still, you know, some spring football to talk about. There's still going to be some basketball stuff. We'll we'll touch on some stuff later on. You never know. There could be a lot of uh, intriguing basketball stuff that pops up over in the next couple months, but. Uh, you know, it's it's always sad when the last uh, K-State basketball game of the year has been played, and uh, there we are just for posterity's sake and for the boneheads to know in case any minor news breaks. If anything major happens, we'll scrap this show. No one will ever hear it. But we're recording this at 5-11 on the 11th, so about four, three, four days before you guys will hear it. So uh, hopefully nothing too crazy happens. Otherwise, uh, this will be – thrown in the gutter but we'll continue on um before we talk about some k-state stuff let's like poke some more jokes at ku uh everyone likes that we got a lot of good feedback from you and john dunking on ku um if anyone ever wanted to trash on our friend gene taylor all you have to do is look what's going on in lawrence and that shit show jeff long couldn't handle a press conference and he got clowned on by the media so bad, he then got fired 18 hours after a press conference. Grant, have you ever seen just a basically an unintentional stand-up comedy routine in a press conference like Jeff Long, only for him to then get fired, you know, less than 24 hours after he fired Les Miles? Yeah, it's pretty shocking. It begs the question why they put him out there in a presser. He's had some stinkers before, too. The guy is not great in front of the press. Um, But, I mean, if anything, I think it's a negative for K-State sports or from the K-State fan perspective because now the the circus is somewhat ended. Um, Jeff Long, I think, was as incompetent as ADs come. And I mean, Les Miles, you know, 
what is there to say about Les Miles? I think from a pretty early on, we knew he was kind of a disaster hire, especially when God seeing him in person um, and uh, hearing him speak or try to speak. Um, it just kind of felt like they fucked up majorly. <laughs> so I'm kind of sad that he's getting out of his contract a little bit early, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, two absolute clowns getting, getting let off the hook. Um, so I wonder, it'll be interesting to see where KU goes um, with AD wise and then football coach wise, but they're already in a pretty deep hole. So um, that's a positive. I tell you what, and again, by the time this folks listen to this, it might be completely irrelevant, but Danny Manning apparently is campaigning super hard to become the athletic director. Could you imagine the eventual shit show that would happen with Danny Manning, a guy who has been a mediocre at best basketball coach in the last, you know, 20 years had to try to lead an entire athletic department and one that is trying to hire a football coach. I mean, that is the absolute dream scenario for me, a K-State fan's point of view. Yeah, I can't imagine that he would be a very good choice. I'd be surprised if that if that came to fruition. But, yes, it's funny seeing him campaign <laughs> as hard as he is. Um, we can cross our fingers and hope, though. Yeah, that is what I'm going to hope. Um, one more thing before we uh, get our first set of ads in. So I actually got to go to – uh, the the T-Mobile or T-Mobile Center, I almost called it Sprint Center, um, for that K-State TCU game, and I just want to reiterate, like, and I, I I figured this would be the case, but going to a live sporting event again, 364 days since the last one, it only confirmed for me uh, my thoughts, and that is going to sporting events live is so much better than TV. I don't care what anyone says. I got butterflies and I was getting nervous walking into a basically empty sprint center for an ultimately meaningless game. Um, and it's all because you got to be there. You got to be a part of it. You got to feel the energy from the court. Um, I, I think you and I are on the same uh, plane here. I, I think you agree with me, but I, I'm not going to go back. I think there are some people like, oh, I didn't get to go to any games this year. I enjoyed watching games at home on TV more. Um, after getting to go back to a game that, like I said, nope, basically an empty arena, meaningless game, and having all those emotions, losing my voice in the first half, I, 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 I it, that could never be me. Being someone who says it's, I, I would rather watch sports on TV than live, that just couldn't be me. I agree. Full heart. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously the convenience of watching games on TV is nice, but you know, even watching games on TV without a crowd is bizarre. Like I, I would much rather be in the stadium with a, a lesser crowd and seeing you just, it's a totally different experience. You get to see different things that the TV doesn't show you. And I personally will, uh, the first chance I get to get back into a stadium, um, I probably will. Now, obviously, I didn't yesterday, but that was because I didn't want to buy four tickets for myself. But um, it's, yeah, I, I can't wait. I hope come football season, you know, enough people are vaccinated and, you know, therapeutics are good enough that 
and the numbers are down that we can, we can get a full capacity stadium. Um, I will be pretty desperate. I don't know what my, you know, my ticket situation is going to look like having a baby, but <clears throat> like, I probably won't get the same season tickets that I've always had, but um, I'll be hard pressed not to get back in the stadium as many times as I can. Yeah. And I almost, after going into the T-Mobile center yesterday, I honestly kind of had regrets not getting into Bill Snyder family stadium and even Bramlage before that. I, in my head, I kind of was like, oh, you know, t- take the year off. You do the whole, uh, oh, everything's convenient. You get to watch more games, yada, yada, yada. But uh, something was missing from this sports season. Uh, you know, with K-State sports, the emotion wasn't quite to the point where it's been in the past for me. And I think it's because I wasn't in the stadium. It, it, it just takes it to the next level. Um, and I just, you know, I, I missed it so much. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I got in, in, in the T-Mobile Center. So uh, anyone who is listening, if, if you're on the fence about getting back and thinking, oh, you know, you like the experience watching on TV, I would say, you know, get back into an arena, into a stadium once you feel comfortable because it, it truly is a massive game changer from my, uh, you know, my my point of view. So. Uh, I just wanted to get that in there. Um, let, let, let's knock out some ads real quick because you guys know them. You guys love them. I'm buying a pair of shoes there tonight from rare dead stock to the latest release. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for over at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the pair you have been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professionals perform a rigorous inspection of sneakers you purchased before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has a limited selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Other sites are going to take as much as 25% off, so that's going to leave you a lot of extra money for, you know it, more sneakers. So check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And also, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of March Madness. If you haven't been over there betting on all of this conference tournament action, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because not only do you have conference basketball, and guess what? When you're listening to this, that's right. This week is the NCAA tournament. You also have FCS football, the NBA, NHL, baseball's right around the corner, award shows, TV shows, reality shows. All of it over at Bet Online with real time updated odds and props on almost everything. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets. And if you use our promo code Armchair, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk some actual games. First, let's talk about that TCU game because damn, was that fun winning 71. To 50. What is it about Jamie Dixon that Bruce Weber just loves to beat the ever living shit out of? I don't know, but I, I hope it continues. Um, even when, you know, they, who did they beat? They, I guess we faced them in the first round, uh, or I guess technically the second round in 2018. Um, what were they? They must have been a seven seed. But um, every time we play them, I, I feel a sense of calm, especially when it's in Kansas City. Um, I don't know. It's four years in a row in the first uh, game in the Big 12 tournament for us that we, you know, we knock them out and send them packing, um, which is interesting. Because I feel like Jamie, you know, Jamie Dixon's a pretty damn good coach. So 
I don't know. Bruce just has a, a lock of his hair somewhere and he's got the voodoo over him. Yeah, he definitely does. I, I didn't know this. I went to the game with friend of the show, Jimmy Goheen. We actually interviewed on KCTV5. It was a good time. Um, did you know this? Uh, in 2000, the, so the last two seasons, so the last two seasons we've competed, 9% of the games we've played have been versus TCU. That's wild. That's bizarre. Yeah, 9% of the games we've played in the last two seasons have been versus TCU. Uh, it seems crazy to think, but, you know, I guess, you know, playing them six times in two years, especially with one season being cut short a little bit, I mean, the math checks out. But it is crazy when you that hear weird. something like that. Yeah, that's almost one in ten games against TCU. That's nuts. Yeah, I know, and since we, since we beat them again, that means we get to wear purple the next time we play them. That's right. we got to get that going. <laughs> We do. We need we, we need to get that going. I'll, I'll send an email to Gene and whoever the TCF like director is. Um, so l- let's talk about that. It's, it's really been fun to see uh, to, to go to that game and really see such a complete game for the first time in such a long game or long time. What, what was like one or two things you enjoyed most about that game versus TCU? Well, there's a lot of things to like a couple things that stand out immediately, obviously is Nigel Pack's performance. Um, you know, he got a lot of valuable minutes yesterday, I think in a knockout scenario played what he played like, I think 35 ish minutes, dropped 23 points, showed his ability from range. Again, our offense just ticks so much better when he's in the game and when he's playing well, um, I'm really, really excited to see what type of player he can grow into and then the other thing is obviously just our overall team defense. Um, the other thing I enjoyed was just that continued intensity and ferociousness that we found in the last few weeks of our, te- our team D. That is what this program is under Bruce Weber. That's what a successful Bruce Weber team looks like, a team that has great team defense, great help defense, and that just is foaming at the mouth to get that ball back. So. Held TCU to like 37 from the field, 21% from three-point range. Just a damn good, damn good overall performance from the D. I know, and it was so much fun just seeing them harass, and they finally have their switches down, Pat. I agree with you. It was so much fun to see that. It was just fun to see the guys playing with the swagger. You saw Nigel Pack doing the go-to-sleep thing late in the game. You saw the bench kind of getting into it again. I know some people don't like that, but that's what I love so much about college sports is kind of seeing that swagger, seeing that kind of taunting, seeing the guys just let go. And you saw Bruce and Chris Lowry kind of hugging a little bit, just having a good time. And that's really what I enjoyed the most of the game. Um, you know, the, I think, and I'm not special having this thought, so I'm not going to try to claim that, but things really started to turn around in February and it's because the defense started getting better again. It wasn't elite by any means, but compared to the shit show that was the, you know, first three fourths of the season, that's really what took it to the next level. Um, Let me know if I'm wrong in thinking this, which I'm, I'm open to it. Um, But I've convinced myself if they had a regular off season and a regular non-con and all that type of stuff it wouldn't have taken this long for the defense to get figured out um am i wrong was it always going to take about this long or or do you see how the defense has performed basically from the month of february and march and think oh man you know if they would have just been able to get more practice reps maybe they could could have turned it on in january instead of waiting until february i don't think that's crazy um i mean it, it hurt everybody across the board, but with such a young team uh, bringing, you know, 
no inexperience or no experience back outside of really Mike McGurl, who really wasn't, you know, a huge player in this team until this season. Um, I don't think it's crazy. Of course, that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt anybody. And especially a team that this is this young that had not really didn't really have an identity yet. Um, certainly having like a full non-con and a regular preseason would have definitely helped. I mean, I don't know what, what type of season we would be talking about, but I could certainly see us maybe, maybe approaching a 500 type of season, like, you know, 2015 um, was, but maybe that was 2014. I don't remember, but uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy. And it just gives me, ugh, I mean, these last few weeks have certainly given me some pause about um, what should happen, what I think will happen in the off season. Um, I think going forward, you know, this foundation that we've kind of found and built in the last few um, few weeks for like a little launch pad going forward, it definitely gives me some confidence. Definitely. Let's talk about the biggest pillar of that. Nigel Pack, you already touched on it. He was fire on fire, 23 points and five of six shots from deep, grabbed six rebounds and five assists, two seals. How much of a crime is it that he did not end up on the all-freshman team? I think it's a little bit unfair. Um, who is on the all-freshman Only team? Only a little bit. I I mean, there was that freaking scrub from West Virginia that made it that that was he's averaging like six points a game. Yeah, that's pretty weak. Um, I mean, Nigel Pack, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's bullshit, especially when you if, – if you're a journalist – that has been, or anyone that's been following. I think, the I think it season, actually was coaches. I think coaches do the postseason. That's pretty weak then, because I mean, you can see just how differently this team functions without Nigel Pack in it, um, with or without Nigel Pack in it. So I don't know. Hopefully he can take that as some motivation going into the off season. And um, I mean, I think he's got all big 12 type of player written all over him. So um, I don't think it'll be long until he is finding his name on the, on one of those, one of those teams. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, you, you mentioned it, I think when we first started talking about the TCU game, when Nigel is hitting shots, it just opens everything up for the entire offense and he looks great. Um, and l- let's shift into that Baylor game. Um, you know, it, Again, I, I loved that TCU game and no moral victories. We lost the game. We had a shot to win the game. And Nigel actually kind of kind of made a mistake uh, late that kind of kind of put the upset bid uh, out. But I, I couldn't help but smile and be super proud of what they were able to do. They lost, you know, 74-68. They took it to the wire. They got down by 11 early, but they battled back. They even had the lead for a split second in that second half. Uh, I think it had K-State fans dreaming of the upset bit almost the entire way. Um, how much fun did you have, you know, watching them go toe-to-toe with what might be the best team in college basketball? First of all, yes, Nigel made a silly mistake there, but I'm more angry at uh, Mike McGurl for putting him in that situation with a really uh, lackadaisical pass. I don't know what the fuck he was doing there. And <laughs> – he got fouled. I mean, he got fouled. It wasn't like he, it was a shooting foul, but the man got fouled. They should have called that. It should have been a, a foul on the floor, but anyways, um, 
it was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching it, even though we came out with a loss. Um, I mean, I, I was at work and watching it on my phone and uh, my coworker when we were walking out today at like 4.15 or so was like, it's like, are you watching a game over there or something? I could hear you like cussing every five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I was like, yep, watching the cats. Uh, but yeah, it was great. I mean, I was, I was nervous as hell. I felt like, I mean, it reminded me of, of how fun it is to be playing in uh you know a march tournament and i hope it gave me it gave me a lot of confidence or at least some hope going forward that this team um nucleus can grow into something that's that's going to contend yeah i so i i'm i'm still working from home so i was able to watch it on the tv i i was having a ball watching it i had to actually shift some meetings around because i I wasn't going to walk away from the end of that game. I, I didn't I didn't make that call until late because I kept thinking, all right, Baylor's going to make a run and it's going to be over. And they did, but we, we battled back and uh, it, it was a lot yeah. of fun. And I think part of the reason why it was a lot of fun is Davion Bradford. Uh, he just had a beast of the, uh, of a game. He was the co-leading scorer for the Cats with 18.6 of nine shooting. Um, how much of a stud is he going to be? Uh, you know, over the next three years. And then, I mean, I, I think he's only going to be around for three years. I think he'll go the full distance. I don't think he's going to come back for a super senior season, but you know, if you get three more seasons of Davion Bradford, how much fun is it going to be to watch this young man continue to play basketball in the purple? It's very exciting. Uh, he, I haven't seen like a polished, he's only a freshman and he looks like the most polished, polished, um, you know, true post player that we've had since, probably Thomas Gibson and he's a fucking freshman and he has four to five inches on Thomas Gibson and he might still be growing. Um, I, he's, he's really good. Um, I think we benefit, <laughs> we benefited a lot today on Baylor missing a lot of switches and leaving him wide open in the paint, but I don't care. He played great. Um, he was really good from the foul line. Um, damn good on the boards. He's just a really good player and I'm excited to see what him and, uh, his fellow, core freshman can grow into because i really do think i mean he, i think he's got i think he's got all big 12 honors written all over him too yeah i think he really needs to in this offseason honestly if you if you're it, 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 do you remember the old uh video games like for the offseason where you could do drills and you could increase attributes with different players for for tom or for davion bradford i wouldn't worry about his offensive game I think his offensive game, as if he never got better on offense and just stuck, stuck with this baseline, he just kind of got more experience, just got intelligent. He didn't do any offensive skills, just got smarter, and he improves on defense because I think he really needs to improve on defense. I don't think he's – I think he's below average on defense. But if he – will get there. On, yeah, I, I think so too. If he improves on defense and then again – he just understands the game a little bit better, understands positioning a little bit better. He has the post moves. He has the finishing. He has the strength. He has the hands. He can dunk. He can finish. All he needs to do is figure out defense and get better uh, positioning and just let let the game mentally catch up to him. He's going to be first team all big 12. That is the type of talent he is. I agree. And I would trust – I mean, who knows what's going to happen offseason with coaching, but I if there's one coach that's going to – turn him into a, def a good defensive player, it's probably, you know, Bruce Weber and, and Coach Lowry because um, that staff knows how to transform defense. And and the scary thing is he's going to get better offensively. Like, he's going to get better because, I mean, he's already got that good soft touch. And I think these young guys are hungry. So 
um, I'm excited. I'm sad yeah. that it's over. I mean, I I'm surprisingly like, damn, I'm, that sucks that it's over. And But, we, I mean, we don't really lose anyone besides Mike. So and he might hope. come back. Mike might I come know, back. He might come back. Um, so Pack also had another big game. He only scored from three point, which I think is wild. Six of nine from three point, got 18 points. Um, we, we talked about those two, and I, I think now we're just kind of repeating ourselves. But how exciting is it to truly have – and, again, they were snubs. I I think they were snubs. But you, you, you got to say you got two of the top eight freshmen in the Big 12. Um, if you're if you're going to give the coaches a little bit benefit of the doubt, how exciting is it to have those guys and then also see how much room they still have to grow? It's not like they are finished products. Like I said, like you said, even though I say Davion Bradford doesn't need to get better on offense, he's going to. Nigel Pack, he doesn't need to get better on offense, but he's going to. And both those guys are going to take leaps and bound on defense. Um, and they've only played one season. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, for as painful as this season and last season has been, um, there is reason to believe with these players uh, that there is another future at, in K-State basketball that sees us, you know, in a deep run in March and maybe hoisting another Big 12 championship. Um, I think the league is incredibly deep and it is every year um now that KU's kind of fallen off a little bit I mean they're gonna be back obviously but Baylor has really stepped it up the last two years um Oklahoma State's on the rise West Virginia is always good Oklahoma is always pretty solid um but I do believe that you know if Bruce comes back I think you know there's enough at least circumstantial evidence to show that we could totally be back. Um, I mean, he's done it before we've gone, we've been in the basement of the big 12 and gone to the top before. Um, and these guys are really exciting. I just like, I like everything about these freshmen and there's like minor things that they need to improve that won't be too hard. Um, but they have the talent and, uh, they got, they got some balls too, for sure. Cause they did not ever quit. Definitely. And it, it, if you want to be optimistic, like you said, there's enough circumstantial evidence that you can be optimistic. If you don't want to be, and honestly, maybe if you're looking at everything objectively, maybe you shouldn't. But, you know, I'm feeling good coming off that game and, you know, winning, you know, four of six down the stretch. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to. I, there are some people, so I tweeted out, and I know you're not on Twitter. I hope this – I really hope this wasn't Bruce Weber's last game. Um, a lot of folks are tweeting at me. Some are agreeing. A lot of them aren't. So, again, I don't think anyone's wrong to have an opinion. I think if you want to be optimistic, there's enough circumstantial evidence to be optimistic. If you want to look at the data, two back-to-back 20 lost seasons, two historically bad seasons, uh, you have all the right and reason, and maybe you're correct in not being optimistic. But I'm going to continue on being optimistic. Um at least for this week. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to think in a week or two. But Selton Miguel also, you know, he, he's like the exact inverse of Nigel Pack and Davion Bradford. He had seven uh, points. He had four assists, four rebounds. But he looks really good on defense. So he's the type of guy. He is the, uh, you know, Barry Brown as a freshman. He, he started taking the role of being the defensive stopper. I, I think he's coming. He, he's not starting off as good as Barry Brown. Um, Because Barry Brown might be the best on-ball defender K-State has ever seen. Uh, But I think Selton Miguel, when it's all said and done, can get to, you know, an all-defensive league type uh, player 
Um, and then you've seen the athleticism. So can he figure out a jump shot? Can he get to the rim? Uh, what can his offensive game turn into? What, what are your hopes, dreams and hopes for Selton Miguel in the future? Defensively, I think he's on the fast track to being that Perry Brown type of player. I mean, he alone is partially responsible, I think, for transforming this defense. Um, him being that stop guy and kind of stepping up and being the focal point in the defense has kind of coincided with our entire team defense transforming. Um, and he's got the athletic ability to stick with guys. He's got the length. He's got the body. I, I think he could be really fucking good. And he's only a freshman. I mean, has, was how good of a defender was Barry in his freshman sophomore year? He was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't the senior Barry that was, you know, possibly, I mean, close to being a defensive player of the year. Um, offensively, you know, he could, he's got to work on a shot for sure. I mean, just like basically everyone else on the team in his position. Um, but he, once this, once these young guys can start taking care of the ball, I think we're just going to be 10 times better. Um, the turnovers, like we had so many opportunities for transition points today um, and we just could not finish. And that is something we need to clean up because we're, I mean, we're creating the turnovers, we're getting ourselves into transition and then we can't finish at the rim or we have an errant pass. Um, I think, I mean, obviously everyone on the team could improve their jump shot. Um, guys like, you know, Dejuan Gordon, um, and who the fuck was I just talking about? Selton Miguel. They need to be in the gym every day, like six hours a day, shooting the ball. They need to be gym rats like crazy. Um, they need to be what Barry Brown was. I mean, Barry Brown was not that good of a shooter his junior year. And then he came back his senior year because he'd been in the gym every single day, putting up a thousand shots. And all of a sudden he single-handedly revived mid-range game in college basketball so these guys just need to put the work in particularly Dejuan Gordon but um I have a lot of hope for Selton Miguel just because he's so critical to us defensively that um you know even if he doesn't become some great shooter his defense is going to lead to other types of points so I like him though I like him he started off this year a little rocky um but I think he's going to be a baller Okay, so I, I want a yes or no question or yes or no answer on this one. Is the core of Pack, Bradford, and Selton Miguel good enough as a big three for when they're upperclassmen to be a, a core of a Big 12 championship contending team? Yes or no? Yes. I agree. All right, Dave. So. Yeah, Dave. I mean, let's Gordon. compare them real quick. Let's compare them real quick to like the, the Cam Berry Dean. Cam Berry and Dean had more surround, more around them probably um, when they came into the program. They came into the program at a bad time, but definitely they had more experience around them. Um, and I mean, I would say Dean was average at best as a freshman. He occasionally was a flash in the pan, but he didn't really take over until he was like a senior. I mean, we didn't see that Dean way like – First team all. I guess he was first team. He was the first team all Big Twelve as junior, wasn't he? Yep. Okay, junior year. But Davion Bradford, I would say Davion Bradford's well ahead of Dean was, well ahead of where Dean was as a freshman. They're very different players, but if we want to look at it that way, um, and Barry was probably the worst of them all, and he ended up being a freaking baller. So, absolutely, absolutely, I think they can. 
and we can add, hopefully we can add some more around him. Yep. And Dejuan's only a sophomore and he had 15 points versus Baylor. He was working like crazy. He's running around. He's crashing the boards. Um, couple him with those three freshmen. Do you think it's crazy to think they can make the jump to being a bubble team next year? Or are people like myself just getting caught up in the emotion of, you know, winning four or six and going toe to toe with maybe the best team in college basketball? Again, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's crazy, but it's going to take a lot of work. Um, it's going to take a lot of work and having, hopefully having that pre, a full preseason and a full non-conference slate to ease us into the big 12 slate. I mean, shit, man, we got thrown into the big 12. I mean, everybody did, but for a team full of freshmen, um, it was like murderers row. At one point we played like freaking seven or eight games in a row against top 15 teams and, it showed. I mean, we just, we weren't ready. Um, and part of that is on coaching. You got to get your boys ready. Um, but I think so. I think we can do it. I think yep. we can do it. I don't think it's crazy. Cause if we're, tra- if the trend, if the trajectory continues, like we've had some favorable schedule, but you know, we, shit, we almost just beat Baylor. We beat Oklahoma. Um, we can do it. I hope so. I, I, that's where my heart's at. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, you know, we're what seven months out from from basketball games starting up again. If it starts in October, if the effort is, if the effort is continues, if that defensive effort continues, then we will be in every game we play. I mean, that's it's that simple. If you're if you play defense with your hair on fire, and you force teams to beat you, I mean Baylor Baylor was just too good. They just have. I mean, ridiculous guards that they were hitting shots like crazy, crazy and it went and it went down to the wire because we yeah. turned them over. They hit almost every shot they they put up, and I feel like they got offensive rebounds on almost every shot they put up. But we were forcing turnovers. Uh, like how many times did they turn the ball over? Uh, Baylor turned like the ball over twenty one times. Yeah. I I I should have done my homework before. Uh, you know, going through this, I, I should have looked up how, like, what they're high on turnovers for the year is. But I, I'm betting it's not. I'm betting they don't have too many twenty turnover games. So no. I, I, I agree with you. If the defense can continue to evolve, I mean, we we might be able to. But and you look, know, there's some other variables there. There's some there other are. sports variables there. Uh, Baylor, you know, it being their first game, looking a little rusty, playing against the nine seed, probably coming out slow, but the effort was there and you know we forced turnovers it's 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 in the the proof is in the game we you know it's not like Baylor came out you know just lackadaisical we we fucking busted ass and made it very hard made every possession hard for them and that's just that's what you got to do they shot successful in a Bruce program they shot 53 percent from the field and we only lost by six I I, it, it was a good performance so uh, let's let's move on before we do. Remember the entire Armchair Media Network, which spoiler alert, we're going to be changing that name soon. Uh, but the entire media network is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Whether you're waking up at 6 a.m. to bet on the English English Premier League, or you're staying up until 1 a.m. to bet on Big West basketball, you can do it over at BetOnline.ag, where they have the best props, live odds, and all the games you could want. They're also the spot to wager during award season this year and every year. And guess what? We all know none of you guys are going to be going to work upcoming week. Well, actually, sorry. And I bet online probably is going to hate 
like that I just stopped in the middle of the ad read to talk about this. The opening round games aren't until Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. That sucks. It does suck. Yeah, that does suck. That ruins like some of the best traditions ever. Like whatever. I hate it. Um, but you know, you're not going to be paying attention at work on Monday or Tuesday, which of course are my busiest freaking days during the second round. Same. You're going to be betting over at betonline.ag. Use promo code armchair for your welcome bonus. And we're also sponsored by ebay.com slash sneakers. If you want the hottest pair of sneakers, you should make it over there to ebay.com slash sneakers where they have third party authenticity specialists to make sure all pairs over a hundred dollars are legit send us a screenshot of your seat and you'll be entered in for a raffle for a custom pair of air force ones okay there's gonna be a lot of questions over the next two months about the future of k-state basketball uh, right now it has been confirmed to us i don't know if k-state uh the athletic department has confirmed it but i am like 99 percent sure source stuff positive all that type of stuff antonio gordon will not be back with the team history will tell you that there will be some other departures uh then there's the question about will mike mcgirl come back for a super senior season are they going to add uh late recruits are they going to be a player in the transfer market um what like basketball storylines are you really going to be focused on uh in that realm over the next three months um man we're gonna need to add a transfer for sure um, so I hope that we find some, some fortune in, in that pool. Um, I, I mean, obviously I'll be looking to see if Mike comes back kind of torn. Like I do think I want Mike to come back. I think he would be valuable. Um, his experience would be valuable. And I mean, I don't, I don't rate him very much as a player, but, um, I do think that there's still too much inexperience with this team and bringing in new players that would, unless we can get like a, you know, some veteran player to transfer in, it would be valuable to have Mike back. Um, how do you feel about Antonio Gordon going? You know, uh, I, I wasn't a big, well, so I've come full circle on Tony a couple times, like end of last season, I was like, yeah, energy guy, I like it. But then uh, this season he was just like a volume shooter. He was like putting up like, he, he missed like a couple games for COVID or something. The first game back, he got up like six of the first eight shots in the game. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I, I think Antonio Gordon had a role on the team, but he didn't want that to be his role. He wanted to be a star. He wanted to be better. And uh, so, so that kind of made it tough on offense. I really liked the way he crashed the boards, but it's not like he even was a great defender. Um, so I think there was a role for him on the team. Um, I don't think this podcast is the place to air the dirty laundry of why he allegedly is off the team, but um, you can't bring him back. I, I, I think I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think you're going to have to make some moves elsewhere or to, to open up some roster spots. I'm not crushed that he's going to be gone. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you said, we he had a role on the team, and <laughs> I don't know if he was necessarily pleased with that role. But um, 
I don't know yet. I think it's too early to say if this is like necessarily healthy roster turnover. Um, I think he had, he, he had a role that, and he was damn good on the boards, but like, it's not like a it's, you know, he's, if you had to pick somebody to leave, he'd probably be in your top like three or four on the whole roster for sure. Um, well, I'm not, there's several to... guys I wouldn't want to go over him. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to like th- this. Isn't like a fun game. Like I-, I want everyone to find roles and be happy where they're playing college basketball. But I would have Carlton Lingard. I'd, I maybe would have even had Siri Lewis um, above Antonio Gordon on my power rankings of guys I want to leave. I don't want I Rudy to leave. I-, I don't want Rudy to leave unless uh, Mike is back and you're bringing in a combo guard. Uh, in the transfer market. Um, but if you were telling me, Hey, you're going to get a combo guard in the transfer market, then I'd be okay with Rudy leaving. Um, so I, again, he's not, he, he wasn't number one on my list, but I'm not devastated by any means. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I'm going to be really tuned into the transfer market. Once that starts heating up, I, I want to see us bring in, uh, you know, a winger, a combo guard, especially if Bruce wants to play small. I, I like playing four guards um, with one big. I know that doesn't really help the roster distribution when, as of right now, you do have Lingard, you have Lewis, Monte Murphy's going to come back. Uh, You have a big old dude from Wisconsin coming in next year as well. So I know it doesn't necessarily perfectly fit it, but I, I would like to see him stick with that and bring in another wing or a guard in the transfer market and keep it going. So that's what I'm going to have my eye on. Um, but we do need to talk about something, and we've we've kept it to the bottom of this, but it, it's a rumor that is uh, started on Twitter. It's been super hot on message boards, but, but we do need to talk about it. The uh, publisher of the Maryland 247 sports site tweeted out about a week ago at this point that he uh, was hearing Bruce Weber's going to retire. So what does your heart feel when you uh, hear that report uh, and what do you want Bruce Weber's future to be? Also, how long did it take you to find out that that tweet was out there since you're not on Twitter? Uh, it took until Tuesday when I was sitting down drinking with you and D.Y. and Grant. Um, oh, wow. How fucking random is that? 247 from Maryland guy just like dropping that nugget into the pond. <laughs> um, I think there's – I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to say or we could say, but like from the things that we have heard, I think there's certainly something to it. Um, I know Bruce today in the post game press conference denied the rumor pretty hard, but like, what does he, what's he going to say? Like, well, yeah, I'm considering retiring, but uh, you know, we got to line up the right coach or, or fuck it. I'm not doing it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to happen because like everyone, I'm really frustrated with these last two seasons. And um, I do think there's a lot of validity to saying that Bruce certainly deser- does not deserve to come back. But I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see this team and this core getting over the hump and it being a really fun next two to three years. So I don't know. I don't know. But like, if Bruce is really considering that, how, are we going to get two to three years out of him? You know, like if Bruce is actually considering retiring and all the shit we've heard that might be going on behind the scenes is real, then 
how the hell are we going to get three years out of Bruce in this like freshman core? I just don't know. That doesn't seem very realistic, but I don't know. Part of me does want him to stay because I love him. He's a little rascal. And uh, I know he can, I know he can get us back there. You can see it. What yeah, do you think? I mean, so to, to the rumors, again, I originally was not giving any credence to it. Um, but I, I think you need to give credence to it. I, I, I think that there's some stuff uh, working behind the scenes. I think, uh, you know, what would happen if Chris Lowry got a head coaching job and Chris Henderson went to be the associate head coach Chris, with Chris Lowry? Does Bruce Weber really want to build out a new staff, uh, you know, after losing two guys that he's been so loyal to? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's in his heart. Um, but I don't I, I just don't think at this point, I don't think that there would be that random tweet. And I don't think that there would be some of the whispers if if there wasn't a little bit more to it than a guy throwing darts. I originally thought I was just throwing darts. I think there might be something there. I don't know. I I think that Bruce, as long as he can do it with the guys he wants to do it with, I think he might do it for another two, three years. I don't think it's that crazy, but um you know, I, I think a lot's still to be seen. Do I want him to come back? Yes. I, I think that if if some of the names that get thrown around, Nico, da 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 da, whatever his last name is, that's, that's the problem. Colorado State, uh, even Craig Smith at Utah State, I tried to talk myself into it, but the more and more I look at his recruiting history, it's like, uh, do, do I really think he could get it done at K State? The DeVries, DeVries guy at Drake, it's like, okay, can. <laughs> Is he really going? Is he really going to be better than Bruce Weber? And, and I understand. And I'm one of the people when we were going through the football stuff, you know, doing the oh, can we do better? I understand that. I know people are listening to this and like hitting their head against the wall, saying, "Scott, shut up." <laughs> These people, you can't say, "Oh, can are they really better than Bruce?" But I understand. I understand how much of a hypocrite I am phrasing it all like that I I do I understand I'm not going to I'm not going to try to defend my history of hypocrisy uh the way I just phrased that but um if you were to tell me like Bruce Weber or you just take a roulette spin of who you're going to bring in no I want Bruce Weber 100% no questions asked if you're going to tell me that somehow we could figure out a way to get Brad Underwood to come to K-State, then yeah, I'll take Brad Underwood. But I don't think that's going to happen. Again, I think some people are trying to say, oh, something might be happening. I mean, I think, d- d- does Brad want to come to K-State? Maybe. Does he hate his AD? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the man personally. But until someone can show me tangible proof that Brad Underwood or someone at Brad Underwood's level – uh, which there aren't many at that level, it, it, unless you can, pr- someone can prove to me, Hey, the guy we're going to bring in is better than Craig Smith is better than Nico weird last name that I can't pronounce better than DeVries. <laughs> then I want to ride with Bruce. And I'm sure that makes me a hypocrite. I'm sure that makes me, uh, you know, accepting a mediocrity and all that shit that people like to around message boards and so be it. I don't care. Um, I just, I would rather try to let Bruce have one more ride at it next year and the following year than, than Craig Smith. I think that's fair. And you can see the project and you can, there's enough, 
meat on this bone that you can you can bite onto and ride with going into the next two to three years. I think that you can you can believe there's a reason to believe that if it is Bruce that we can we can do it again. But uh, I just have to say, if we did if the Brad thing happened, that would be the coup of all coups. I mean, especially if Bruce was somehow partially involved in orchestrating it. It would be an unbelievable story. I mean, Brad's a fucking top coach. They're one seed. Look what he's yeah. done. I mean, he's he, that would be insane. I mean, yeah. he's a K State guy, of course. Like K State, we not let, not that I can say K State guys want to come home because they clearly fucking don't. We are horrible at hiring K State guys. But I mean, that's the dream, right? It's Brad Underwood. That's the dream. So we yeah. can hope. But I, I, ultimately, I, ultimately, it's it's probably just going to be Bruce for the next two to three years, and I think we'll get one more high, and then maybe it can be Brad. Yeah, maybe. I'll mean, still I, be there. He's, he's fairly young, cat. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, if we, if, if after all, after all this stuff, after everything that K State basketball has been through, if there was a peaceful transfer of power between Bruce Weber to Brad Underwood, would there be- would need to be a thirty for thirty. Forget the stupid foundation documentary. Uh, forget that. I want the behind-the-scenes story about how that happened. Again, I don't, I don't think – I think there's some message board fodder. I'm not buying into – I'm not going to believe it until I see Brad Underwood in a fucking purple tie. Uh, you know, I, I don't th- – I honestly – gun to my head, I think there's zero chance it happens. I don't think that there's a secret K-State clause. I think it's all bullshit made up <laughs> to get clicks on message boards and to get people talking. I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I'll tell you what, if it does, it would sure be fun. I agree. I don't think there's any reason to put a lot of stock or hope into it, but uh, no, I, it would I be fun. It's, it's a fun I th- fantasy. I, I, th- I think it's basically the new Brent Venables wants to come back to KC. I think, I, I don't think either one's going to happen. I think it's going to be something that we talk about anytime there's, possible changeover at the head coaching job. I think, I think Brad Underwood is basically the football version of Brent Venables. And I think that's just going to be, you know, message board and Twitter hope and stories for the next 20 years. So I'm not holding my breath, but it would be fun. Or it's all real. I don't think so, but that, that is what it is. That's the end of the show. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I it, it was a fun final month and a half, K-State basketball. Do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell folks to back Bruce. I'm not going to tell folks uh, to burn it down. Uh, let us know where you're landing. Tweet at Bosco's boys. Let us know where you're sitting. Um, are, are, do you want Bruce to come back? Do you want to uh, move on? If you want to move on, who do you want to be the next coach? Um, do you have hope? Do you think this team's a bubble team next year? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same finishing near the bottom of the Big 12? Tweet at us. Let's have a little bit of interaction on Twitter uh, where Grant doesn't get to, but that's fine. We love you guys. Yeah. I love you guys. Uh, Grant, say whatever you want and then hit your catchphrase. You want a 30 for 30? Well, we're going to be the one that provide that 30 for 30 win. Bruce does step down and hand over the keys to Brad after this season is over. We will get Bruce on the pod and he will spill every single detail of how it all happened. Uh, none that's, of that. 
<laughs> that's going to be the greatest podcast anyone's ever heard. Yeah, Folks, none of that's going to happen. <laughs> meet me at the Cathead. Sports Social Podcast Network.